Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. After a horrific Rugby World Cup, we are back to the meat and drink of domestic rugby and the brand new Super 6 tournament in Scottish rugby. Now, what better way to celebrate that absolute festival of club rugby than with our friends at Beer 52. Now, with Beer 52, you can get a free case of 10 craft beers sent direct to your door, um, all for $4.95. All you got to do is pay that $4.95 postage and packaging, and you will get this month 10 beers from Korea. How excited. Presumably South Korea, but maybe there's some North Korean beers in there as well. Get yourself onto beer52.com forward slash thistle. That's beer52.com forward slash thistle. And you will get 10 beers, a magazine and a snack all to enjoy while you're watching the rugby. Just pay £4.95 in postage and packaging and that is all yours. That's beer52.com forward slash thistle. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Good news, England did not win the Rugby <laughs> World Cup. We may have gone out in the group stages, but we will cling on to that victory right until the end. Matt is currently on his honeymoon, so it's just Alan and I. Alan, how are you, mate? Good. How are you? Have you been a few weeks out? Yeah, it has been. I've, I have to say, we were talking about this earlier, that I've really been struggling to get into Scottish rugby after the Rugby World Cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, watching Edinburgh play against Benetton is great. You know, love it. In the pouring rain. But it's not quite the same. It doesn't have the same sort of excitement that you know it was building to something. 
No. Although I think when European rugby comes back in like a week and a half's time. Yes. Although actually, I think Edinburgh are playing Poe, which doesn't exactly. It doesn't drive. really excite me. <laughs> and Glasgow Exeter? Glasgow Exeter is the second game. Glasgow Sale first. Oh. Which should be quite good. That is quite an interesting start. Hopefully Sale don't have Anything. the World Cup winning <laughs> their team. Fo- their four World Cup winners <laughs> back. Yeah. Because I don't think Edinburgh have got any World Cup... Uh, Glasgow have got any World Cup winners, do they? No, they, they absolutely <laughs> do not. <laughs> um, yeah, so Matt, as I say, was in, in Colombia... Um, Either on honeymoon or being a drugs mule. We haven't worked out which yet, have we? More likely a drug mule. I reckon more mule. Although we did see him get married. We did watch that happen. Yeah. And it was very nice. Everyone said the highlight of the day was you and me emceeing. That's true. Yeah. Much better than the ceremony, I heard. <laughs> I mean, the ceremony was shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed Played a bit of touch rugby in the morning as well. It was decent. Oh, I, my God. That was horrific. We were unfit. <laughs> Worse than unfit. Scotland 7's uh, Tom Brown turned out. Or unofficially didn't turn out, depending on who's listening. Unofficially did or did not play. I'm did not or sure. did not run rings around a lot of fat middle-aged people. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he probably felt very good about himself. I was, I was like 10 minutes in. And I was like, why is Tom Brown not getting... getting <laughs> why is he not tired? Um, but was very, very good. And thank you very much for sticking with us. We know we've not been chatting as much in this little down period. A mixture of mourning and celebrating... Um, but you have still been chatting on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And we've got a little bit in the mailbag as well, which I will dip in to later. But we're just going to kick off by cancelling through some quite big news in Scottish rugby over the last few weeks, which we haven't properly digested. Um, Glasgow head coach Dave Rennie has been linked to both the All Blacks and the Australia rugby jobs. Alan, if you had both on the table, which one would you take? I mean, obviously, New Zealand. <laughs> obviously, take the massively easy job. But I don't think... Rennie's not said anything about the Australia job, but he did, in an interview with STV, say that he was flattered to have been contacted about the New Zealand job. Yes, that was, uh, that was the official sort of confirmation that he's had the, had the word. I think the rest is just Scott Johnson briefing the uh, Scottish rugby press. Well, I thought that maybe Scott Johnson is coming down hard on him in the negotiations. Yeah, and Dave Rennie is using STV as almost like a political mouthpiece to try and insert some pressure back oh, on Scott nice, Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was quite extraordinary that Glasgow lost the Dragons on Friday and then Monday morning's press was <laughs> Dave Rennie is going to be the next New Zealand coach. Do, do Amazing. I don't think anyone in the Southern Hemisphere actually knows what Dave Rennie's done. No. I think they're just like, he won the Super Rugby twice with the Chiefs. What's happened in Glasgow will stay in Glasgow. Exactly. They're just like, I don't know what a dragon is. I don't know who the dragons are. (laughs) That doesn't concern me. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I guess it kind of looks almost like a certainty he will leave at the end of the season. That's certainly the mood music. And I think an awful lot of the analysis has been that, you know, he only signed a one-year extension. So it was kind of written that it was always going to be one more year. Yeah. Um, which I think, I don't know, do you see that as a, as a loss to Glasgow? Uh, I, I think a lot depends on this season, because I think there is an argument to be said that Rennie took a team that didn't make the playoffs, and with relatively little investment, to be fair. There's no, not really been any big signings. Yeah. He's gone semi-finals. And then final of the Pro Pro 14. Yeah, sure. And has made the quarterfinals for Europe. 
Yeah. Which I think with that squad was actually a relatively good, and it was close to winning the Pro 14 final. Very close, yeah. So I think we'll see. I think there's been a lot of people questioning kind of the Warriors this year, and I think it's pretty clear there's a massive gap still at fullback, but, you know, we'll come on to it later, but I think actually they're probably going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to it. Five games in, one... Two wins. Two wins. Yeah. But they looked a completely different beast on uh, Saturday or Friday night whenever they played with a lot of their Scotland players coming back. So you forget there's an awful lot of talent still to return to both pro teams, actually. So we'll look into that coming up this weekend. Other news... um, to rub our faces in it, Japan are coming to play at Murrayfield next uh, November. And in the words of the SOU press release, further underpin our strategic alliance with the city of Nagasaki. I'm just, I'm so, I feel close to the city of Nagasaki. It's to be fair, I think it's our closest foreign city bond we have. It must be. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. What was the quote from uh, Dom Mackay as well, which I thought was completely bonkers? And this is, I'm reading, this is verbatim. Uh, The strong relationship between the two nations is built on hundreds of years of historic trade and commerce. And it's fantastic that this continues through our sport on and off the field in both the men's and women's games. Mate, this is just the next step in Scottish Japanese economic relations. It's quite Brexity, isn't it? (laughs) It's international trade. Mate, Brexit is giving us this opportunity. I can't believe it. Don Mackay is going to go into like, the international trade world. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite something. I mean, it's, it's obviously good. Japan have sort of really come on in terms of world rugby. So actually coming to Murrayfield next November, that's a game for everyone to look forward to. Yeah. And but, I think it's, I reckon it'll be a sellout. Oh, it'll easily be a sellout. There's a, there's a lot of like Scotland, after that oh. game and how high quality. Hagabis the return. Hagabis the return. This is it. <laughs> Jeez. We still haven't had the fine yet. The, the, the Scotsman wrote up a story that there was a six-figure fine coming Scotland Rugby's way. Oh, really? Off the back of the disciplinary hearing around um, Typhoon Hagibis and all that nonsense, which seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. It seems like a long, long time ago, that. Um, but I haven't seen it written anywhere else or confirmed anywhere. Do you think this so. is the SOU? They've, just, they've essentially offered Japan like a free game. Trying to just yeah, that's it. massage like... The big wigs at World Rugby, they're like... They're like, look, we will make them tier one. Yeah. Come on on in. I I don't know. I think it's good. I'm very, very happy for Japan to be in the World Rugby Tour. I think it's great that they're coming to to Edinburgh. The whole drafting of that release is like, come on, we really didn't mean it when we were... (laughs) we, We really didn't mean it when we were trying to sue for money during this game, all right? Just... Remember the cultural partnership. <laughs> Remember our trade ties. Did you not have a look into Scottish-Japanese trade? Yeah, I did. 75% whiskey. Okay, I can believe that. <laughs> a lot of it's whiskey. Both ways, I imagine. Japan's big whiskey yeah. trade. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and supposedly a Scotsman helped build the Japanese's first ever battleship. Okay. In the late 19th century. So, yeah. so we're international warmongers. Damn right. <laughs> Well, very good. Very happy about that. So moving swiftly on, um, not sure it's news, but Nick Grigg did a video with Malcolm Group learning how to do the forklift. I mean, he Frisbee was the main man. Frisbee was the face of Malcolm Group last season. Do you think Malcolm Group got, were, they were like, we need to trade up here. We need a bigger name. 
To be fair, stealing it for someone on Twitter, it's because his delivery is too slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is just great banter. I mean, that is top That quality. is why you come here. <laughs> that is very enjoyable. And obviously, the big news in the rugby world today, this is Tuesday, um, uh, Guy Fox night, bonfire night, bloody hell. 5th of November, Saracens in the English Premiership have been capped 35 points. Yeah. Docked 35 points, sorry. Yeah. In the Premiership and um, find five and a half mil. Yeah. So Big's question is, can we get Sean Maitland in at fullback for Glasgow? Oh, you know Dodson's knocking on Nigel Ray's door. Yeah, he's like, look. He's like, look, you got issues. He's like, you've got some <laughs> distressed assets and I'm interested. Christ, Saracen could become the third pro team. We're losing each other at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're ready to make a strategic investment. We're going to forget all glory. Forget Niçois. I can't, I can't believe Saracens are going to be the next Scottish pro team. I, agree. I mean, that'd be sweet. Stadney Soirs have got a um, strategic alliance with Alliance. Yeah. Alliance Park Saracens. Yeah. Oh my God, it's like 3D chess. Damn right. Dodson's <laughs> seen it. <laughs> How has he done that? It's unreal. I can't, wow, that's exciting. Um, but no, I think, I mean, ultimately, Saracens will have to clear off some of their salary book. You would think. And there is a team on the west coast of Scotland who are desperate for a back three slash fullback. Yeah. Feels like Shawnee Maitland is there to plug gap. He's coming home. Yeah, I know. I'd love to see Duncan Taylor. I mean, Duncan Taylor, I think, ultimately, is just not really a fullback, but... Yeah. Maitland just feels like he would slot really nicely into that classical team. And Nakarara is having a really big fight with the um, racing metro for not returning to uh, Fiji. It, it came out that actually he's just building like a home on his island, and it's all fine. Oh, it's all, it's all chill. Yeah, his phone was his phone was on silent. And he like missed the calls, <laughs> and it's all fine. He's come back. Oh, so he's not coming to Scotland? No, he's that's nearly, a real shame. He's nearly finished building his auntie's house. He's getting on the next flight. I really like that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's fair enough. But I mean, Maitland. It is interesting to see where these lads t- these lads end up. Callum Hunter Hills down there, not exactly on big money, I imagine. But yeah, I know. <laughs> and from what we hear, not going back to Edinburgh. <laughs> not going back to Edinburgh, as we understand, which is uh, good fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, maybe Callum Hunter Hill. They'll have to get rid of Cruz or Toje. Can't oh af- yeah, can't afford both of them. To be fair, I don't even think Hunter Hill would then get in the starting team. She's then still Nick got Zikwe. Zikwe and Skelton. <laughs> imagine that. I know. Oh, let's just take Liam Williams as well. He'd be sweet. We can take a lot. Why do Saracens have, I know this is not Scottish rugby, but imagine having a, Liam Williams, Elliot Daly, and Alex Good, like all extremely capable world-class fullbacks on your books. Yeah. we got Glenn Bryce. <laughs> and Jacko. <laughs> I love Jacko. I do love Jacko. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, apologies for that. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. That is probably the biggest rugby story of the day. So we just put a wee Scottish, Scottish spin on it. Yeah. <laughs> Hijack, new, hijacking that news. Um, Stuart Hogg's played a couple of games for Exeter now. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like they've been the sort of games where he can really sort of unleash. No. And uh, I think in some of the highlights, it sort of looked like potentially him sort of showing his potential defensive frailties um, yes. at the back. But no, good to be back. And then Rory Hodgson still... Cleaning up for Northampton Saints side top of the league. Yeah, and we were talking about it. Is that is one of the things that was one of the 
bigger disappointments of Scotland's performance at the Rugby World Cup is that lack of inventiveness and that spark in the center. Yeah. And I guess obviously hindsight is twenty twenty because I think we were we kind of got the rationale of the of Townsend's um center partnerships or picks at least. Yeah. But Hutchinson looks like he's absolutely carving it up, so it would be great to see him hopefully come back in around Six Nations time. And he got in Stuart Barnes Lions twenty twenty one team, so So did Finn Russell. And Finn Russell, yeah. Which is interesting to I see. I like that. I thought that's a rash backline. R- Russell ten, Farrell twelve, Hutchinson thirteen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's weird on the centres again, like, and maybe just use it to sort of start talking about Edinburgh, but, you know, as we said, in Japan, there was across all our centres, just a lack of cutting edge. Yeah. And at the same time, you obviously have Hutchinson playing well for the Saints. You've got, I think probably Jones starting to show flashes of the player that we know he is for Glasgow. And then at Edinburgh, both Matt Scott and then Bennett. Bennett is carving up. And obviously this weekend wasn't the game for Bennett or Matt Scott really to, be, to like show their attacking kind of prowess. But, you know, the last five games, they've been absolute carving up for Edinburgh. And Bennett, to be fair, did make the break. The kick kind of got deflected, but it yeah. did end up in the hands of somebody that scored Edinburgh's try. Yeah, no, and definitely. that's because he was in behind. So, so yeah, it's going to be difficult with the Six Nations. Obviously, we see you know, Peter Horn looked pretty good, but it was against the Kings. It'd be interesting to see whether... Tooney goes for a similar sort of centre grouping as he did for the World Cup or whether he goes for something completely yeah. different. Because I think if Bennett continues like he is and Hutchinson continues like he is, it's going to be nigh on impossible to not have them in the squad. Yeah. I mean, we're interested to see how much game time Duncan Taylor gets for Saris and how yeah. Sam Johnson goes when he's back in the Glasgow jersey because Sam Johnson didn't have a fanta- didn't have a great tournament. No. Um, Chris Harris... You know, just joined a new club down at Gloucester, who are going what going well. They've got a decent squad. Yeah, if he can get a bit of game time there, like yeah, 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 we're absolutely backed up. Oh yeah, of potential there. Damn right. How much better is it than like oh five? <laughs> it's a lot better than oh five. Wish we had one other loose head prop. Oh god, I'd love a loose head. Or like one other ten. Hey, Gordy Reed is playing for the Bulls. That's true. This do- weekend against who are they playing again? Harriet's. <laughs> Harriet's. And that is actually a very nice segue into our discussion about the Super Six, because after all of the conversations, um, Super Six kicks off in earnest this weekend. Um, and not to, we are positive about the Super Six, but why on Friday night are they playing a home game for Boromir in Edinburgh? at the same time that Edinburgh are kicking off against the Dragons at Murrayfield. It, it's Why? Gen- it's, it's generally completely mad. Like, you know, you the, f- the first game, Friday night, I reckon there probably will be quite a lot of, like, mainstream press there. Yeah. You know, you want to have a big, big opening. Just do- don't even have it at the same time as any other pro games or... Wait for a Friday where Edinburgh at least aren't playing at home. Yeah, it just seems completely... <laughs> I understand. It's completely bonkers. Why not put the Ayrshire game... I, Glasgow are playing away. Yeah. So the west coast of Scotland doesn't have anything to, anything to watch on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Get down to, get down to Millbrae. Watch the Ayrshire Bulls. It's, it's, just, it's just frustrating. It's just classic SRU. Because the thing is, you think there is a lot of people... Well, not a lot, but there will be... A group of people 
who are either Edinburgh season ticket holders or go to a lot of Edinburgh games yep. who would have been interested in going to the first Super 6 game. Oh, completely. They'll be curious. And you're just cutting out like four or 500 people. Yeah. Which for this sort of event is a big number. Real Sophie's choice. Edinburgh, dra- <laughs> Edinburgh Dragons are Barmuir, Stirling County on Friday night. I know. God. But it does kick kill, off. Kill, kill them both. Yeah. <laughs> Barmuir Bears against Stirling County Friday night. And then Southern Knights versus Watsonians on Saturday. And then rounding off the weekend, Ayrshire Bulls against Harriets on Sunday. We have had the pleasure of speaking to Chris Hunter, the director of rugby at Watsonians, about the club's preparation for the Super 6 season. Here's what Chris had to say about that. All right, so delighted to be joined on the line by Watsonians Director of Rugby, Chris Hunter. Chris, how are you, mate? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Not at all. Um, obviously, we're very excited about the Super 6. What's, what's the feeling in uh, Watsonians this week uh, leading up to your first big game? It's a lot of excitement. Um, we had a really good hit out. The Super Six team had a really good hit out against Ayrshire Bulls on Saturday. Um, and you know, when you when you see the the standard of that game and in, in pretty poor conditions, it's uh, you know it's creating a bit of a buzz. Um, you know, the players are, are are desperate to get going, and I, th- I think the coaches and the the management and all the staff are too. And you you lost lost by a point to air, but I think what was pleasing for a lot of people was the standard there looked very high, and obviously it was competitive between two top quality sides. Is that was that the general feeling amongst you guys as well? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm technically putting it down as a victory because we played 80 minutes and we won 24-22, and they they beat us and we played another 20 minutes and they beat us three 0 on that. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna register that as a victory. But um, no, look, it was um, it was terrible conditions, but uh, it, it was really encouraging to see you know Air has been a dominant force in Scottish club rugby for a long time. Um, you know, we, we've brought in a lot of new players. They've brought in a lot of new players, new coaching staff, uh, new ways of playing and um, you know I think it was the first time in a good few years I've, I've seen what Sony and Pack drive over an air pack from a scrum five so um, pretty encouraging from, from our point of view certainly What do you think the key differences will be this year between the sort of pre- the, the style of play or maybe the standard of play in the Premiership last year and now sort of in the Super 6? Um, I think certainly from our point of view, I, I can't talk about other clubs, but we, you know, we've been in for a long time. We've been in since, um, you know, on and off since since sort of June, July. Um, the guys have been on uh, weights programs, conditioning programs. There's been a lot of testing. We've got uh, full time strength and conditioning coach um, who, who, you know, works with the guys Monday um, and he's down the training on Tuesday, Thursdays, and, and match days and Saturdays. So from from a player's point of view, you know, they've got a dedicated strength and conditioning coach, and you know that can be. Seen in, in, in general results of, of sizes and uh, fitness levels and uh, even increasing speed and general skills. So I think from that point of view, that will definitely help raise the, the, the standard um, probably throughout the club. So I know a lot of them have a, a similar setup. Um, so the preparation has, has been different. I think it's been a lot more uh, professional in some ways um, and, and a lot more focused on you know individual elements of individual skills of players so it's, it's been it's, it has been different from previous pre- previous seasons and and what else has, has changed at the club obviously you've got to bring in new coaches and new players and things like that can you talk us a bit through that sort of the prep that's been going on since the Super 6 was announced and since uh, Sonians were included in that final six 
Yeah, well, naturally, we, well, we we had announced Steve Laurie as our head coach, um, but but you know, fantastic for him. He's uh, now with Edinburgh Rugby, so we, we then had to go back out and um, and, and look uh, to, to bring in another coach. We'd already uh, signed up Nicky Walker, um, and then you know we managed to, to secure Fergus Pringle, who who knows and has worked with Nicky uh, Walker in the past. So um, that was quite quite a handy um, relationship, you know, a back and a forward. And Richard Snedden's obviously stayed on from from last season as well, so there's quite a bit of continuity. Um, in regards to players, we've we've got 20 of our squad from last year out of the 35, um, so there's quite a, quite a good core of players that have, have been in around Meyer side for you know for a year or two, which was which was also pretty good because you don't want to be starting from scratch, um, you know, bringing in you know a whole new squad. Um, but certainly off the field, there's been a lot. A lot of changes. Um, you know, it has been very difficult. And as I, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that there are people in the club that are still not 100% behind Super Six, um, which which is totally fine. Uh, you know, they're they're spending more of their time, you know, supporting the club team, which which totally accepts. But um, you know, I, I think the changes off the pitch, behind the scenes. Um, you know, there's been a change in the, the club structure, um, how we run things, and, um, and and how we we focus on commercial income, etc., to to help not only the Super Six but the the club teams, the ladies, and the the Warriors. So yeah, been been a lot of change. I guess sort of going back to 18 months ago, what do you think was what do you think in your proposal sort of led the SU to choose you as one of sort of the Super Six sides? Hey. I don't really know. I mean, I, I'm sure all the clubs boys thought their proposals were pretty strong. Um, you know, look, we, we we focused on the fact that um, you know we're, we're, we're a well um, established club. Uh, you know, over over the last sort of three four years. We've we've come on leaps and bounds. Uh, you know, we had, we had Marcus Darrow and Simon Taylor, then Steve Laurie came in. Uh, you know, we were running four club teams last season, uh, or last couple of seasons. The, the the women's team were coming on leaps and bounds. They won won the cup. You know, I, I think you know in general the club was, was was going great guns. You know, we're we're generally always quite strong commercially off the off the field, the commercial income. And I don't know. I think that I think there was no sort of unique selling point. As such, I think we, you know, from our point of view, we just had a, a pretty robust and uh, strong, strong bid. Do you want to talk us through some of the some of the big names on the books this year? Any of your sort of players to watch out for? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think some of the guys returning. You know, you've got you've got guys like Connor Boyle, um, who's a, obviously an academy player and in, in, in with Edinburgh. You know, he's always been one to watch, and he's only, I think he's only 19, maybe maybe 20 now. Um, definitely keep an eye out for him. You know, we've obviously brought in a few guys um, from out with. Um, uh, try to think of the Brian Leach, back row player, big South African. Um, he, he looks pretty handy, um, not shy to get involved if there's a wee bit of uh, uh, handbags, um, as we saw on Saturday. Um, we've also got a. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cody McGovern, a winger, brought in from New Zealand. Um, you know, a lot of folk won't know these guys. You know, we're still sort of seeing them in, in matches, but, you know, there's there's some some pretty edgy players there which are hopeful um you know help us win games but then you've also got the, the experience of Lee Miller who's captain Joe Reynolds who's come across from Curry um and Jamie Forbes in the back line so a, a few exciting prospects there and how are you feeling about obviously first game this Saturday not maybe the easiest start away at the green yards and obviously on the new 3G pitch as well yeah, I don't think there's any easy games, to be honest. Um, you know, we've had a hit out against most of the teams in pre-season, uh, whether it be in a match or training. So, um, you know, you can see that all teams have gone out and recruited well. They've been training hard. So there's no easy games. Yeah, look, Southern Knights are not going to be, uh, they're not going to be easy at all. As you say, it's a new pitch. Um, fortunately, we train at, at the Orium on a Tuesday night. Um, on the, the, the CG or 4G um, they have there. So we're not, uh, it's not, completely new to us but um, it, it will be slightly different going down there and playing on a on a flat pitch um, no uh, potholes and, and hills but uh, no boys are looking forward to it and you know, I think a, a fast a fast track might, might just suit us as well and uh, obviously there's been a few rebrands this year with sort of the Burmese Bears how many animals beginning with W did you review before ultimately settling on not doing a rebrand uh, how many animals we're going to have a W can you think of? There's, rumors, not, there's not many. The, rumors of the Watsonian weasels was floating around for a bit. Well, I think the wombats was, uh, <laughs> was high on the, the list at one point. I was quite keen for that. But uh, yeah, no, look, I, I quite like some of the rebranding. We we took the decision that, you know, we looked at Watsonian warriors. Um, but, you know, I think we, we were really keen to try and keep... Um, keep it as sort of traditional as possible. So Watsonian's rugby was uh, as, as adventurous as we got, but, you know, look, we're trying to keep the, you know, the, the jerseys are relatively similar to, to what they've been in the past. Um, we've adopted some of the colours from the crest into the home jersey and the, the away jerseys are the old original jersey, I think, from the 80s or 90s. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it still might have been a wee bit more, uh, a wee bit more of a laugh having the Watsonian wombats or the Watsonian weasels, but um, maybe, maybe in a few years to come we might do that. So, so just a final question: What does success look like for you guys this year? You think you're going to win the inaugural Super Six, and so suppose more broadly, as a club that's gone into this, you must just be looking to sort of play your part in establishing this competition as you know that next stepping stone for Scottish rugby. Yeah, I mean, we've had the discussion. You know, what, how do we measure success? Um, you know, look, obviously, I think uh, all teams and all coaches will be in this to in this to win it. Um, you know, we've recruited a squad that, that we believe um, will, will be right up there. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, yeah, we'd love to go and win it. But I think that, you know, as you touched on there, there's, there's a bigger picture to this. Um, I think it's to, you know, to raise the standard of, of the game. And I think, you know, looking at our squad and, and some of the other squads, um, 
you know, I think it's going to be a very, very competitive league, and then obviously into the cross-border stuff early next year. So, um, yeah, we'd be delighted to win it, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. All right, Chris. Well, we'll let you go. Thanks very much for joining us, and best of luck uh, at the weekend and for the rest of the season. Cool. So, Alan, how are you feeling? Obviously, the scheduling issues that we talked about before speaking to Chris there. Super 6, you look at this. Are you excited about these fixtures? I think I'm as excited as I can expect. I can be expected to be. As a fundamentally negative person, <laughs> that is a low bar. I am marginally interested in what the outcome of this event is. <laughs> that kind of feels like the whole of Scotland's view towards the Super 6, actually. Yeah, I'm not overtly negative. I think... You know, we all know what the issue is, and you know, we have spoken to pro players who have said that the gap between the Premiership and pro rugby is too big. Yeah, absolutely. And that there isn't enough opportunities for younger players potentially to get that level of or get that level of game time. Yeah, sure. We have also, on numerous WhatsApps group conversations, chatted about any permutation for Scotland having a third pro team. And our collective brain trust can't come up with a way <laughs> for Scotland to fundamentally have a third pro team. The only way is if Jim Ratcliffe literally pumps a hundred million of his money and he's like, I don't need any of that back. Pro team in Grangemouth. Per, the Grangemouth. <laughs> Ineos. The Ineos, whatever they are, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. He's got a cycling team and he's bought the Nice football team. Yeah. Come on, Jim. Yeah. Just one more will do. And... um so it feels like it's not the perfect solution, but it's kind of the best we have on yeah. offer. So, you know, and I actually think that, you know, some of the build up in terms of less what the SOU have been doing, but actually more like what some of the teams have do, been doing over social media, yep. et cetera, has actually been really good and has actually got me kind of interested in kind of when they've been releasing the teams or releasing the players, et cetera. So, look, I want it to succeed. And I'm, I am looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I am sceptical if whether this sort of tournament can tap into a broader market than the Premiership currently taps into. Yes. I think it's difficult. And we were talking about this off air. I think one of the bigger difficulties is that Edinburgh, those Edinburgh franchises, there's three of them. So you're already competing yeah. three of you for one city. Yes. I mean, Watsonians and Boromir are... 200 meters away from one another yeah so i mean your catchment area there is tricky but you you understand that they've both got good facilities and that makes sense and they're also going up against edinburgh rugby as we've discussed on friday night yeah um so it feels to me really difficult about how that's going to cut it cut itself up in terms of people actually watching it yeah getting the eyeballs that will ultimately attract sponsors which is the money to make sure that it keeps going and you're allowed to attract talent and things like that the issue, though, with your Sterling, your Southern Knights and Melrose and your Air, is how many other people in those catchment areas who weren't already going to or interested in the Premiership games are now going to be interested in or yep. going to games because it's Super 6. It doesn't feel like there is that much of a ceiling for them to go after. Yeah. And I might be wrong, and maybe the borders is a little bit different, and maybe with the branding it'd be a bit different, but, you know... In air and sterling, you know, it's kind of like they can't be you either interested before or you're not, you know. So I don't know. We'll um, see. And I, I kind of hope that some of the reserve 
Edinburgh and Glasgow players kind of get more involved? Because I do actually think that does add to the competition. I know that they've been trying to almost like push back on that quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, normally it's spread over 10. If it's spread over six, it just helps to kind of add that quality level, add that intrigue a little bit more. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah. I'm no, inter- we, I, I actually am I'm looking forward to it, I think, in a very, in, I'm interested to see what the results are. Yeah. Like, I, I've got really no idea how strong these squads are. Obviously, Watsonians in air, as we discussed on that chat with Chris there, they played out a very close game last weekend in the warm-ups, which is positive. You know, one, yeah. point, one point in it, or three points in it, or whatever it was, but... Really hoping someone from Burramuir or Ayrshire has, like, gone a bit rogue in, like, or like a mascot costume. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Just like a really terrible investment. I'd like <laughs> Like this really go for it. Peter writes at Megaland in a big bear costume. <laughs> <laughs> that is the sort of thing that To be fair, that'll love get, to see. That'll get me in the door. <laughs> I'll go that'll go viral. We can make that go viral. Um so it'll be really interesting to see. And as I say, we're genuinely very excited and looking forward to the Super Six. So we're gonna be keeping a close eye on the tournament as it kicks on throughout the year it just feels at the moment it's quite difficult to preview these games because it's sort of new scratch squads we don't know too much about them other than you know some of the form of these players in the premiership yeah um i think my bigger interest and i think yours is as well is can this format work can it flourish yeah and it and then it kind of feels like the cross-border games which you know we were talking to you've kind of got Six games up until Christmas. Yes, so six six rounds of Super Six. So everyone plays everybody once plus one other. That takes us up to mid-December. Um, then there's a break for the Super Six, then back in mid-Jan, and then that runs through until the beginning of March. There's then a break, and you have, I think it's then the cross-border tournament um, starts on the 25th of April. So there's quite a significant break there between the beginning of March and the 25th of April. Yeah. Um, but some interesting sort of big Welsh provinces in that, you know, Cardiff, Mether, Abvale, Prontypriv, Aberavon, like big Welsh regions with a huge amount of history. Yeah. Um, and they are still quality teams in the Welsh Premiership. So, you know, there is definite quality there. Um, and then that runs through until the 30th of May. And then the bit I didn't quite understand, there is each team is playing one friendly against the Newcastle Falcons. I mean, cool. 28th of December, you're going to be going down the, going down the A1 to Newcastle to watch Newcastle against the Southern Knights? No. <laughs> I am out of the country, though. So. Okay, yes, that is fair. You're in New Zealand. Yeah. Checking out your wedding venue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The VIP suite at the Dunedin Stadium. Can't wait. Scotland rugby and the South Island New Zealand finally coming together. That was it. We were going to talk about that in news, weren't we? Scotland are playing New Zealand next summer. So Scotland haven't officially announced the game. Yeah. New Zealand haven't officially announced the game. But there's some hot-headed salesman at New Zealand rugby who is just like, the demand for the hospitality tickets in Dunedin <laughs> for the Scotland-New Zealand fixture in June is too hot right now. We need to get these out. We need to capture that moment when Scotland have just gone out of the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> God, how bad is that, though? Our summer tour next year, away to South Africa, two games against the world champions, nip down 
to God. play nip down to play New Zealand in Dunedin. Oh my God! It's going to be in in literally the middle of winter. It's going to be a, like in Dunedin. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. But mate, twenty four man hospitality suite for ten thousand New Zealand dollars. It's not too bad. Good, as I say, you're going to have to cut down the guest list, but it would be a very good wedding venue. I mean, yeah, it'd be it'd be kill killer. I'd absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, but yeah. That would be great. Should we have a look at Glasgow and Edinburgh? Yes. We will do that very quickly after a quick word from our friends at Find a Player. Sorry to interrupt this great chat about Scottish rugby. The rugby season, as you know, is in full swing. But when you are organizing your games and training sessions, they are still a complete bollock. Not to worry. Get yourself onto the App Store and download the Find a Player app. Find a Player makes organizing a breeze with great features that help you pick teams based on your squad's skills and fitness. You can rate your mates after you play them. And now you can pay and collect match fees directly through the app. So you no longer have to chase cash from that guy who never pays your match fee dodgers. You can do it all through the app and track all your payments. So get your squad out of the WhatsApp group and download the Find a Player app right now for free. There's a link in the description of this podcast. Click on that and register yourself as a Thistle Rugby uh, pod listener and you'll be on there. You'll also be able to find other listeners as well as all the great benefits for managing your team. That is the Find a Player app. Download it now. Okay, so five games into the Pro 14 season. Um, who do you want to start with? Glasgow or... Let's start with the Glasgow because I think they're slightly more interesting in what they've been up to in the start of the year. They absolutely humped the Southern Kings. Um, 50 points to nil. Um, Let's reiterate that the Kings were dog shit. Absolutely. Ter- <laughs> like, genuinely terrible. Yeah. Um, but after some pretty bloody poor performances so far from Glasgow, the return of players like George Horn. Um, Adam Hastings, Pete Horn at twelve. Pete Horn at twelve just seemed to make that little add that little level of quality. I think you know there has been issues in the first four games with Frisbee and Brandon Thompson, and I actually quite like Brandon Thompson, but he has struggled, yeah, to control and run games at the start of the season. And I think Glasgow just being able to have in those kind of that those pivotal positions of 9 and 10 just dropping in Horn and Hastings just added so much more to that team. Completely. Um, so yeah, look, it's good and I think I think there's been, as mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people who have been a bit worried about Glasgow obviously. They started with obviously big loss to the Cheetahs, lost to Scarlets, beat the Blues and then lost the Dragons and I think people are a bit worried about them sort of going to the season just with not really any signings over the summer. Yeah. But, I don't know, I think ultimately they've probably been hit hardest of any pro team in the world. In the world? Literally in the world. Yeah. And I get that Leinster and Munster, who have hit, been hit maybe close to as much, are both their top of um, both conferences. But I think we've always known that Glasgow's top team isn't that far away from Munster. Maybe it's just slightly below Leinster, but we just don't have the depth. Yeah, that's true. Of those Irish teams. 
Although that that being said, Glasgow, particularly under Rennie in the last couple of years, have been very, very good in that Six Nations and Autumn International period. Yeah, no, that is true. Um, it did feel different to me this time. That It seemed like a, a lot of those players who haven't performed at the start of the year with exactly the sort of players that were performing during Six Nations. And although it's slightly not the same because non-squad players for Six Nations and Autumn International Games get released back. Yes. So it's not, it is not a direct comparison, but it has felt that they've been a little bit more off the boil. And then I do think, just added to that, you also do just have a couple of players who play for other countries. Yeah, sure. So DTH, Nico. Of course. And then there is just the a nuke. couple... And the, oh, and the nuke. Oh, and the nuke. <laughs> Don't forget the nuke. And then there's a couple of players that potentially are kind of... They've gone over the hill and they're kind of going down the hill. Yeah. I'm talking Who are you thinking about? Swinson and Harley. Yes. Who, even last year, two years ago, maybe not on the Scotland team, or even like a year, last year, not on the Scotland team, but you know that like Friday night versus the Dragons, they've got their opposite man they're putting in a big shift and it just feels like those sort of players potentially just a little bit off the pace yep. past what they used to. even Callum Gibbons a little bit although he played like pretty well against the Southern Kings um, so yeah but no I'm I'm quietly I'm confident about the Warriors yeah I still think people are a little bit harsher to Rennie than I think with the team the squad he has he's actually done relatively well yeah, and I actually think with sort of all these key people coming back, I think um, Glasgow could actually make a big push this year for the for the top honours. And they've got the big one at the weekend, Zebra. It's the bit away. Zebra away. It's. I'm excited about it. I'm. I have literally zero interest in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It's one of the ones where you just think you want to check in on Twitter at some stage and be like, cool. Five points from Glasgow, thanks yeah. very much. And if it's anything less than that, you'd be like, ooh, that's bad. Yeah. It's like something like Premier Sports like won't even have a Scottish or Irish like commentary. It would just be like an Irish lad who works down the <laughs> corridor and they'll just chuck him in for the game. So Yes. Well, we will keep, hopefully they will be able to now turn the screw. We are one week away from, as we discussed, European rugby. They've got sale um, in two weeks' time. So you'd expect yes. to see an awful lot more of those Scotland players or their bigger names coming back. So all players, apart from Johnny Gray, are eligible for this game. Yep. Against Zebra. I think Johnny Gray might miss the first two European games. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, you've got Cummings back. Kieran McDonald's been playing very well. Kieran McDonald potentially might keep Swinu and Harley yeah. out of the starting team. So it kind of feels like, you know, Johnny Gray... You've you played you. like every game for like twenty years. <laughs> you haven't missed a tackle. Just yeah. he doesn't really feel like the sort of guy who's going to go to like Dubai or Ibiza. He's like he's on the Isle of Mull right now. Yeah, <laughs> just chilling. Yeah, I can't imagine him just like drinking bottles in VIP. <laughs> I just, just don't. Just I don't see one that of those like him. white wine glasses they have in Ibiza. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. <laughs> I can imagine that. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I think I'm glad for him having a rest because I think probably one of the current themes of our the three years we've been doing this podcast is Johnny Gray needs to make the step up. <laughs> this is his year. We've been saying that since episode <laughs> this, one. This is his year. 
Um, he does it. What's frustrating about it? We don't need to go into it. <laughs> but like, what's frustrating is that you remember that first half of the Saracens game. Like when yeah. you see it, you're like, "Holy monkey, this is so good!" Or when he yeah. got dropped for Scotland, then he came back and he was like, "Wow, yeah, that was awesome." But do do that. But it's one of these things where with him, it's you know, it's not a physicality or a skill issue. I really do think it's a mentality issue. Yeah, because he's got it all. He's got it all, and. There is those moments where you're like, that is like the Lions' second row that we know you can be. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so yeah, this year, this year, <laughs> is, 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 well, he's got to get cracking before 2021 in uh, 20, South Africa. 2021 South Africa. Got again there. Richie's like, I've been on a tour, bro. <laughs> you need to get yourself one. Um, and Edinburgh, slightly better um, fortunes right up until this weekend, going down 18-16 to Benetton in some pretty terrible conditions. But up until that point, they've looked pretty decent. They got a bit of a hiding from Leinster at the RDS, but you know, yeah, kind of to be to be expected from one of the best teams in Europe. They probably could have done a wee bit better, but yeah, um, disappointing to sort of. You think if you look to those first five fixtures um, and Edinburgh come through, win four, loss one, Leinster away, you'd be like, that's absolute, that's par for what we'd expect. Yes. Um, so it is a shame to, to, to go down to Benetton. But again, they're going to be welcoming back an awful lot of players. Although, is it Rambo's got a, has got an extended leave? and So it looks like Rambo and Nell have been given the kind of extended leave treatment. Yeah. Um, Which is, again, probably fair. They've played like every Scotland game they've been fit for. Yeah. And every Edinburgh game. And Nell's like 34. They're like, yeah, that's true. Just just chill. Don't worry about it. Um, And yeah, and the rest are similar to Glasgow. They're back this week. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, with Edinburgh, I'm, you know, I'm relatively kind of positive, which, you know, is slightly different from usual in the sense that I think the. We've all we all know that that first team Edinburgh pack can cut it with the big boys. Yeah, like there's not any when Mac and Ali, Nell, um, Schumann, Gilchrist, Toulis, you know Richie, Bradbury, Barkley, Watson, whoever the hell you want in the back matter. row matter. They're all there. They, that is a European yes, Champions Cup standard pack. The issue's always been: do they have the backs that can compete at the top level? And I think last year. In some games, you know, especially like Toulon away, for example, they were able to do stuff. But definitely coming into the end of the season, they really, really struggled to cut open defences. And I think probably the most exciting thing of this year has just been how good pre-Treviso yeah. that Edinburgh back line has looked. Absolutely, yeah. The, the issue is still going to be who plays 10. Yeah, because I think Nick Groom's come in and, and added something there. Yes. At nine. Um, Bennett and Scott, as we've discussed. Kinghorn, I think, will just continue his sort of glide into, you know, that Scotland under f- number 15 jersey when it becomes his yes. in a couple of years' time. Um, Duhan seems to have picked up another gear from last year. Yeah. Absolute freak athlete. Looking so good. good. And if you think about adding Darcy Graham back in there, like, and the, so the sledgehammer, the Fijian um, Oh, winner, yeah. Oh, he looks so a good. Horrible beast. <laughs> yeah. I love the one I love the one hand carry. Yeah. So good. Uh, so natural. You'd love to see it in an empty Murrayfield. Oh the yeah. Crowd going absolutely bonkers. Um I mean, yeah. I, what I think Edinburgh have got an exciting season ahead of them. I think with the champ do you think they should just leave the Challenge Cup alone and just try and go quite deep into the um 
Pro 14 secure Champions Cup rugby for themselves for the following season? Uh, or do you think they try and win the Challenge Cup? I I do think for both, for Edinburgh specifically, Lucas, um, ultimately, Lucas on like McAnally or Hamish Watson, they've never won a trophy. I know you got Kakata Cup. Yeah. But ultimately, none of those Edinburgh players have ever won a trophy. A lot of the Glasgow players at least won the Pro 14. Yeah, that's true. And I do think there is something about having, you know, win, winning, getting used to winning big games. Yeah. And winning tournaments. So, you know, I ultimately, you know, you, you get halfway through the Challenge Cup and it doesn't look like you're going to make it through. Yeah, pie in. But I actually think that Edinburgh should be, are one of the favourites and should be aiming to win the Challenge Cup. Because I think they've got a big enough squad yeah. to cater for both tournaments, you know. Quality in the Pro 14 ain't that high. <laughs> it generally isn't, you know. Outside of Leinster and Munster, they've got to get. What? Edinburgh shouldn't be struggling really against. They the should be top of seven. Hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred. With that squad, yeah. Um. So I I would love to see Edinburgh actually go for the Challenge Cup because is that you know, get used to winning tournaments and because it's not something any of those players have literally ever done apart from Barkley at the Scarlets. I'm all for that. That's a rare streak of positivity from me. I'm loving that. And yeah, where's the Challenge Cup next year? I know the Champions, the Pro 14 finals in Cardiff. They're in France somewhere. Is it Bordeaux? Anyway, we. I'd love to go. I'd love to go. I don't know where it is, but I'd love to go. I'm sure it's in France somewhere. Um, but anyway, it'd, it'd be nice if Adamer could do a favour for us there. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys could just win that. Um, so yeah. Well, brilliant. Mate, we're going to win the Challenge Cup. That's great. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, I, almost do, I almost don't want Edinburgh to win it because then it'll be like coincide with the start of their new podcast and they'll get too big for their boots. Uh, are we going to talk about it? I'm going to talk about how Christine stabbed us in the front. Christine. <laughs> Not even stabbed us in the back. He's come on the pod. He's engaged with us. He's accepted the mantle of the sweet prince. <laughs> and then he's taken a gig. Kind of felt like it was like... In Braveheart, when Robert the Bruce, Bruce, <laughs> Robert the Bruce, <Boos, laughs> Robert yeah. the Bruce, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you it know felt, what, you know what I mean. It felt very similar, yeah. You know, um, I trusted you, yeah. I gave you my trust. It's gonna be interesting to see him. Has he got? Has he got what it takes to be a Scottish rugby podcaster? Though? Absolutely not. I, I don't think he's got it. In he's him. got nothing. I don't think he's got it. In <laughs> him. So, um, yeah, yeah, we've given them too much free advertising now. It's true. Don't listen to it. It'll be terrible. Finals in Marseille. Marseille. That's a lovely final destination. Yeah. I could do Marseille 22nd of May. Oh, lovely. Oh, It'd be yeah. nice and warm. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Let's book that in. Edinburgh, you do the business. We'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> and on that, we will leave it be. Let's do it. Catch up with you soon. Cheers. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.